0: Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a new story on the theme of power, culture, or the future, handpicked from theoutline.com. I'm your host, James T. Green, and this is the Dispatch. Coa sixty-four and one eighth,
1: up three eighths. American Telephone one seventy-two and three quarters, up three.
2: Culture, I. Wrote a story about how different people working in and around the music industry find new music.
0: Culture staff writer and Eric Gaia.
2: Apart from the method we all are very familiar with now, Spotify Discovery.
0: So who did you speak to for the story?
2: I spoke to Jen Malone, who's the co-music supervisor of the FX show Atlanta. She was actually in the middle of clearing a sample for the show when we had our conversation.
1: I'm actually trying to clear a song, um, and there's a sample in it. And one of the sample owners is like an 80-year-old gentleman from Connecticut.
2: Oh. Marcus Moore, who is the senior editor at Bandcamp.
3: I've always been a voracious music nerd at this.
2: Delaney, who has been working on the Fluff blog.
4: Since late last year, but it launched in January this year.
2: And Lauren, who has been doing the independent blog, The Gray Estates.
4: Since 2013. Have you always,
2: even before um, working in this industry, have you always been really on top of new music?
1: Yeah, well, before I was a music supervisor, I worked in PR. I ran a PR company for independent bands, and so I've always worked with unsigned artists or indie labels that are putting out, constantly putting out new music. I think I've always
4: read different websites and kept up with the hype machine and stuff, like back when blogs were, I guess, bigger. Generally, I go to shows that I either know most of the bands or I know one band in particular that I like a lot and then you just kind of hang around for the others. Mm -hmm. And that's how you you end up finding a bunch of new bands that you hadn't heard of before.
3: Even before I started covering music uh, in the D.C. area, I would go and go to a lot of different shows. So whether that was going to the 9.30 club to check out a local showcase or going to live to check out an open mic. I've always approached music discovery from a journalist mindset anyway. So even if it's something that I didn't, that isn't necessarily in my wheelhouse, be it synthwave or whatever, I'll just go and stand in the back and let that define what else I would look for musically. You know, in in listening to punk and listening to jazz and all that, it informed, it helped me discover a lot of the hip hop that I've grown to love, you know, because it all comes from somewhere.
0: So I'm personally curious, and how did you discover music before the algorithm? I don't know.
2: When I was a really little kid, it was all through my mom, just what we listened to on the radio, driving around. And then when I got my first boombox, I would always look through her CDs, and she was really on top of like pop and R&B in the 90s. So I was just all about En Vogue and Whitney Houston. The biggest change, though, came when... I've learned about music piracy, so I did find a lot of new music just randomly on LimeWire. And also just, I was really into, I'm still really into reading musician biographies, so I always read those and then listen to the other people that get mentioned in them.
0: What kind of techniques are these journalists and these music supervisors? Uh, What are they doing?
2: There was actually a lot of overlap with their answers. Here's Jen's first.
1: SoundCloud discovered a lot of new music from SoundCloud and we've licensed a lot of those bands and we do call them, you know, SoundCloud artists because that's where in the world of hip hop and rap and trap, they're putting their mixtapes up and their songs and records up on
4: SoundCloud as opposed to on Spotify.
2: Lauren, on the other hand, digs into another website.
4: searching through Bandcamp on different tags that I know I'm interested in Like, I know that I'll like things that are of garage rock, or sometimes I'll find, what's the one? I think, like, some bands go by the tag Dream Punk, which, Mm -hmm. like, I find the tags that, like, I know I'll be interested in and I follow. And I've also gotten really into following different users on Bandcamp to see what people are buying.
2: And Marcus works at Bandcamp, but uses a combo of that and SoundCloud.
3: I work full-time at Bandcamp mm-hmm. as a senior editor, so a lot of my job is to simply sort of do some crate digging and see what's coming out or see what see what's already out there that we want to revisit. So a lot of my discovery online these days is strictly through Bandcamp, so I know what's coming out. And, and thankfully, just as a music journalist, I get a lot of music really early, and so a lot of the music that I either cover or really like, nine times out of ten, it's been in my email before the album even came out. But at the same time, I definitely um, I check into SoundCloud because I feel like SoundCloud has always had a grip on the best up-and-coming rappers. You know, there'll be a SoundCloud rapper. I, I mean, that's a term that we all sort of make fun of now, though, right? But SoundCloud rappers tend to, you know, be the next wave
0: Okay, but a lot of these are still larger sites. Like, are there any other places that these folks are crate digging at? Lauren recommended some other spots.
4: I think there are still smaller sites that do a really good job, like, aside from my own, of course. But <laughs> I think there are, like, other sites out there that if you look um, and, like, you kind of scour through Twitter. And one of my favorites is The Alternative, Um I also really like, I don't know how you pronounce it, I think it's Y-Vinyl, but it's like Mm -hmm. Y-V-Y-N-L. It's been on Tumblr for a while. There's also, oh, what's the other one? Um, Various Small Flames, which is like, there's a lot of blogs like internationally. Um, Various Small Flames, I think it's over
2: in Scotland, maybe? And Jen found an unlikely way to switch up her Instagram habit.
1: I find actually, actually, I found some new artists on Instagram. Just going through Instagram stories, will, where they will post, you know, whatever the thirty seconds of a song. And it's like oh, that's interesting, and I bookmark it. And then uh, once a week, I go through all my Instagram saves and just check them out because <laughs> on Instagram, I'm usually getting ready, like I'm in bed, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it's it's. And it's easy to just mock this stuff. Or if somebody will not necessarily post a song, but just post an artist that's, you know, opening for a bigger artist or stuff like that, I'll go through and listen. And if anything is interesting or can work, you know, I definitely go and try and pursue getting music from that artist.
2: But if that doesn't work, she also has a full crew to back her up.
1: I rely on a lot of my network. In Atlanta and obviously in other places as far as what's new, what's upcoming, they feed me music, managers, lawyers, artists themselves, people that they're collaborating with.
0: All right, so right now the algorithm is king. I mean, it's basically the way that so many people around us find out new music, including myself to a degree. I'm curious, like, what do these folks, since they're essentially professionals, like, what do they think about computers trying to take over human curation? Well, Marcus has a lot of feelings about that.
3: Honestly, I don't I don't think that's the way to go. It's it's one thing to try to suggest based on an algorithm what a person will listen to next. But there's nothing like that old school discovery of just going through the stacks and either picking something based on the cover art or picking something based on a single that you like and then going down that rabbit hole. I've always been a proponent of that. I'll put myself as an example. Like years ago, I discovered this one Roberta Flack song that I really, really liked. And then it's like, okay, well, I need every single (laughs) Roberta song that's ever come out. And then that led me to Donny Hathaway, which led me to other songs from that era. So I feel like when you're trying to suggest music just based on an algorithm, that is a – it sort of takes the soul out of music discovery. And music discovery in and of itself is about going out there and just sort of rifling through the facts. You can't do that if you have some machine trying to tell you what you should be listening to next or trying to predict what you'll be listening to next because you you miss that connectivity. A lot of a lot of relationships I've built over the years has come from, you know, just being in the record store all the time and seeing and knowing the owners and then they coming back saying, Oh, well you like this jazz record. You need to check out this other spiritual jazz record and that builds genuine relationships actual people. It's difficult to do that with a robot, you know.
2: The last question that I posed to the group was this. What would you say to a friend who was like, How can I broaden my music listening habits?
1: Um, I do find artists through Spotify for sure. I think finding friends on Spotify, following their playlists. If it's somebody that's not a music supervisor, I would definitely (laughs) say Spotify is a great place to find new artists just kind of going down that hole of
4: related artists and stuff follow like a bunch of different websites and different musicians on twitter to stay updated on what they're doing and and what they're listening to too it's amazing how quickly people find what they like just by going out into the real world and engaging with music
3: study the liner notes that's always the way that i that i've done it where we all have favorite artists. You know, let's just keep it with the mainstream. Let's just say we're talking about somebody like Kendrick Lamar, right? Where mm-hmm. just, you know, download the PDF from iTunes, look through the liner notes, and you'll see, Yeah, I would say discover who's actually on these records because we've all come from somewhere, you know, to see who played what instruments, to see who produced what, and guarantee that will lead you to other artists that people may not be talking about or you'll discover other acts that are still on the come up that maybe need that co-sign or maybe need more ears It's the responsibility of people who are really deep into the music to talk to their friends, you know, just kind of spread the gospel about artists that they, that we really like. So if there's an underground act who you really, really enjoy, I feel like it's your job to, you know, tell your friends and tell your best friends, you know, what's so great about them and why they should be listening. Yeah, I mean, that's old school. That's that's how the gospel of the music spreads.
0: All right, so Anne, we're at the end of this music journey for now. I'm curious, like, after all your reporting, are your music habits going to change after any of this? Like, what's going on?
2: Honestly, I think I was pretty good at music discovery to begin with, but the biggest thing that's going to change for me, I think, is just looking at more, trying to find more music blogs that I connect with and also just spreading the word even more about stuff that I like. Um, I also really encourage everyone to go check out Liz Pelley's article in The Baffler called The Problem with Music," which talks a lot about how Spotify has changed the way we look at music
0: discovery now. Culture Staff Writer, and Eric Gallo. The Outline World Dispatch is produced and hosted by me, James D. Green. Our music is courtesy of APM and our theme is by the fantastic John Lagamarsino. I'm James D. Green. See you later.